So Julie, you started in uh, property management. Is that what it was called in 1996 or did it have another name? Was it kind of, it was was always been property management? Yeah. It's always been property management. We were the poor cousins back then. The poor cousins. So You still are if you ask my wife, Julie. They always (laughs) tell me property management's the poor cousin of sales, which I think is just rubbish. Well, you've told me the reverse. You said that without the property management. There is no, there's no sales. Yeah, exactly. They keep us alive. Yeah, no, but, and that's that's really quite true. And of course, but in the early days, nobody thought about that. That was, um, property management really was just a side business. Side, side business. And so therefore there was no policies or procedures, not a lot of, I mean, there was a little bit of training, obviously, but not like now. I mean, now you've got all the coaching for property managers. You've got conferences, conferences you've got like. It's really very professional. Mm, um, and then you've got like BDMs. So like a BDM is someone that is like a salesperson. They go out and try to just find rental properties to bring into the rent roll. Like, do they wear, do they have like a whip and a leather mask? <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably attract a few business people. <laughs> now I know how some of these rent rolls are growing so fast around the Hobart. <laughs> but see, a BDM is different to a property manager. So a BDM thinks like a salesperson. So what, do, sorry, what does a BDM, what does that st- acronym stand for? Uh, business development manager. Okay, yep, excellent. Because yeah. all I was picturing was that I watched Pulp Fiction the other day and I bring out the gram. <laughs> some train, some training places do that, but yeah. I've always tried to do do the twist. Oh yeah, so good. such a good movie as well. So, um, so BDMs they'll go out, they'll find your. Properties. Yeah, so they'll go out and source business just like salespeople do. Yep. Um, so, and um, and they, you know, follow up and, and, that, and actually bring the business in. So are they working for a separate business or is that part of the agency? Say so you guys have a BDM on staff or is that something? Yeah, we haven't got a BDM on staff. Some agencies do that. But a lot of yep. agencies do. Yep. And, and you know, they'll get a wage if you like and then they get paid on top. On top of that with what they find and yeah. Yeah. So you, what differs with us smaller agencies is people like Julie and people like Abby, they get to wear eight hats yeah. and they yeah. get to swap. So one day they're a BDM, the next day they're a property manager, the next day they're putting out a fire with a physical hose because they're property managers and they do everything. No. We might be small, but <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> answer that. That's yeah, we just, we have to multitask, don't we, Julie? That's it. <laughs> the principal role of a property manager, like why would someone engage one? What do they do? And then also, you know, and how is that different today than what it was when you first started? Okay. So really, I think the the main reason to engage a property manager is we have knowledge and we're expected to keep that knowledge up and we're required it as part of um, our license. But we keep the contact between the owner and the tenant separate. So a couple of degrees of separation. Your, your work is the, the meat and the sandwich. We're the liaison in between. So an, an owner can often get compromised by a tenant mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa. So like if a tenant's suffering a bit of a hardship and wants you know, three months off their rent. Some owners will feel obligated will to... feel obligated to do that just because they you know feel so kind. But at the same time that... They've got their own financial problems they need to do. That's right. So mm. a, a, the average owner is, owns one or two properties, as, as we all know. Yep. Um, and they're only doing it to better themselves, but they still have those mortgages to pay and all those bills. The rates and the water and everything else that comes with a rental yeah. property. And all, but also, too, we're there to try and um, maximise the return that an owner gets. So yep. we're planning three months out before a lease expiry. We're doing the rent review to make sure that they're going to get their maximum rent. Sure. And we've got 
all that backup of research. And, and of course, it's available to everybody now as well. But I think when you're in the industry all the time, you know how it's all working. Interesting you say that uh, most people only own one or two property. And that's probably what a lot of tenants don't realise. They just assume that landlords or owners have, they're rich because they own a rental property. But a lot of it's just mum and dads that have just trying to get ahead a little bit in life. But yeah. that's where tenants don't realise. I think you need to understand that um, when you don't pay your rent, that can also have massive effects massive. on the person that's... Oh, absolutely. A lot of people that have rental properties have quite large mortgages on them okay. and they they don't have... Well, they so, can lose it. Yeah, exactly. It's so, yeah, yeah it's, it's really important. And the other thing I think um, us as property managers are trying to do is take that headache away from our owner. Yeah. So... We well, want all of that running smoothly, so... Well, everyone's lives these days are so busy, aren't they? So... Yep. Um, I don't even know how someone might manage a property themselves in today's busy lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I've, it's pretty hectic. And it, it really can be, um, and it can be really stressful, especially if something goes wrong. I mean, how often do you have owners come to you, which Abby would have as well, and because everything's turned to muck. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, it's crazy the amount of times you'll hear of, oh, this problem's arisen... Well, at, at this time of like the night or something like that, and it's something that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. And I guess you can put systems in place to try and. Well, I, I remember once I was at a building in Jersey Street. It was about eleven thirty, and I was sweeping water off the concrete floor because the entire room had flooded because no one could get there on time. So it's just, I mean, we've had cases many times where I suppose we've been out late hours, early mornings, just trying to get onto that it. Lady got locked in the bathroom. That's it in Owen Road. Yep, yep. There was dad, dad, dad and I and Mum were there trying to help me out because the locksmith wasn't available. <laughs> But I suppose the one thing you said before, Mum, oh, was get very intimate with your tenants by the sound of it, Chuck. <laughs> there. Could we go into, um, if you're looking for a property, what's the best way to stand out for an application or how do I apply for a property? What's the best way of um, looking for a place? Well, the first thing I can say is to make sure that you fill out every part of the application. Um, probably 70% of applications that we receive are missing some part of the um, application. So then we have to spend time coming back to them. Um, if we have your application and another one that's completed properly, we're going to process that one quicker than the, and get through it quicker. Than which gives them a better chance. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So is that something like references or kind of past rental history? Yeah. Like things like that. Be surprised at the important information that people leave off applications, even like contact details for where they were previously living. Um, obviously, that's one of the main um, references that we want to get. Um, even simple things like phone numbers for themselves, um, date of birth. Previous like rental, well, previous living, what if you haven't rented a property before and say, you know, you're like you and me, Abby, that we've just sold a place and now we're moving into the rental market. What does somebody do in that circumstance? Yeah. Um, so if you have sold a house, for instance, you can put down the sales agent that you used to sell the house. Okay. They've been through your property. They can give us an idea of how you presented the property, how yep. you kept it. Um, they may not be able to confirm things such as um, rental payments, but then in that circumstance, you could provide a copy of a bank statement that shows your regular mortgage payments so that we can see that they were paid. So there's always ways around those things. Um, if you're living at home with mum and dad, obviously that's a little bit more difficult because most mum and dads say that their children are wonderful and yeah. keep the house clean. I have had one that I called and mum was like, you know what, he's really messy, not great, but it, that, that's I not that normal. Wanting to leave. Yeah, she was like, I'll keep him in the nest a little bit longer. Yeah. Was that when you rang Bassie's mum? <laughs> <laughs> How did you know it? <laughs> Sorry, mate, can't have that property. <laughs> 
yeah, so there is always ways. I think a lot of the time um, applicants think that they just can't provide that information, but there's always something that you can give to us that we can look into. Um, at the end of the day, the, the point of the application process is so that we can tell the owner all about you and so that the owner knows and feels comfortable with who it is that's going to be living in their property. Yeah, so ultimately it's the owner deciding on the um, who the tenant will be, but you'll just give them kind of here are the applications and they might be vetted from, you know, most suitable to least suitable based on your judgment from the applications? Um, our process is we receive all the applications. Um, we then, if there's many, many, many applications, we'll then go through them and um, we won't process all of them. If there's a lot, we'll pick out the ones that on paper look the best. Okay. Those will be the ones that are initially processed and then we'll take those to the property owner once all the references are checked and um, have a discussion with the property owner, answer, answer any questions or queries that they may have. Sometimes they'll ask us to go back to the applicant with some extra questions that they have. Yep. And then ultimately the property owner will make the decision. Um, there's very not. It's not very often that the property owner will just say to us, you just pick. We don't have many owners at all. Yeah. That is the case. For. And I guess that's good practice for setting up kind of, yeah, like here are the things that we can do to help you to get to the point, but you've got to make the decision kind of like, Pat with selling, like, I can tell you that this is a good offer, but it's up to you to make that decision. Make that decision. It's it's that way. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, sometimes the owner will ask us, which one would you pick? And we can give them our advice on that. But ultimately, we like them to make the decision because, as I said, they're the ones that have to be comfortable with who's living in their property. I guess just going from there, can we go back to, um, say, there's gaps in your application? Um, like, do, do the people know that they've got the gap there? And they're just not putting the stuff in. Like, how does it work with these gaps that we were talking about? So if we look at an application and think that like 60, 70% of it, oh, they look pretty good. But when we're missing this, then we will come back to you and ask for you to fill in those gaps because we are interested to see what the answers are and to um, go further with your application. Yep. Um, but if I have 20 applications and you haven't filled out all the information and 10 of those 20 are completed correctly and are looking good on paper, I'm probably not going to spend the time coming back to you to get that information if you haven't provided it in the first place. And I think something to point out as well these days is that most companies are using to apply, which is our application program. I or, snug. Um, I think REA have one called Ignite. Yeah. yeah. So snug sounds fun. I like the sounds of that one. <laughs> so by the time you've, if you take the time and set up your application correctly once, you can actually use it for us or LJ Hooker or Roberts Real Estate. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and even now, um, Inspect Real Estate, who have run to apply, have another program that we have access to called Find Me a Tenant. And so when you're filling out your application, you can elect in the application process to let um, uh, let agents contact you if you've got an application that's filled out that they think might be suitable for the property. Okay, cool. I get like all I'm thinking is I, I know there's you often hear people saying I'm falling in the cracks. I'm putting in applications into all these places. I'm not getting anywhere in my brain. I'm like, all right, how do we help those people get across the line? And so it's basically fill out all your stuff. Make sure as much you can put as, as much info of yours to us so that we can make a decision from that. I might be speaking out of turn, but I would assume you can't put too much information into an application. You cannot give us too much information, yeah. no. So even if you don't think it's potentially relevant, but it's something to do with past housing, maybe just put it in. 